0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to continue our study of the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah. We are going to begin the study of chapter 2 today. Um, we completed chapter 1 with the tfilah, the prayer, that Nehemiah said before God, before he entered into the king, in order to ask the king for help. And permission to begin rebuilding Jerusalem. This was after Nehemiah had received the news that, unfortunately, the building had been stopped in Jerusalem, and the people were downtrodden and the building had had stopped, and the and the walls of Jerusalem were in disrepair and falling apart, and the gates were burnt, etc. Nehemiah prayed to God, confessed before God, and asked God for favor in the eyes of the king when he presents himself before the king. Now. It is as we read chapter two, I want uh, to make a few points that will help portray the picture of what's going on over here. This king is Artachshasta, who he said is King Artaxerxes. The father of Artachshasta was another famous king named Achashverosh. And I made that point last time, the famous king from the book of Esther the similarities between what we find happening and the echoes of the story of Esther uh, abound <laughs> in this chapter 2 and in other chapters in this book of Nehemiah. And it's, it's clearly not coincidental. One thing we find is Artach was the king who supported Ezra in the seventh year of Artach of Artaxerxes' reign, he gave Ezra permission to go up to Jerusalem and build and so on. Now it's the 20th year, so in between the 7th and the 20th year, the people in Jerusalem, led by Tovel and other uh, of the Samaritans and other groups that opposed the Jews' building, had sent a letter back to Artaxerxes, Shasta, convincing him, which ultimately convinced him to put a halt to the building. And now by his 20th year, we have the episode that's about to take place, where Nehemiah is about to ask the king again for permission to start building again. Does this remind you? I assume it does remind you a little, especially with those familiar with the Purim story, of the king Achashverosh who was constantly changing his mind based on whatever the advisors in front of him seemed to convince him to do. Nehemiah clearly knew and understood this, especially Nehemiah being the one who served the king wine. That was his job in the court. He knew what it was like to ply the king with a little bit of wine and get him to say what it was that he wanted him to say. Now, Artach and this is an intriguing suggestion, although it's hard to know this for sure, could could have been the son of Queen Esther. He may have actually been halachically Jewish himself having had a Jewish mother, Queen Esther, because Artach Shasta's father was Ahasverosh which leads some of the um, traditional commentators to identify Artaxerxes as the same person as Daryavesh, Darius, because in various traditions, Daryavesh, Darius is mentioned as the son of Esther. Now, historically and chronologically, it doesn't work out very well, and I'm going with the chronology that, just, that works better. Um, so um, so Daryavesh and Artaxerxes are clearly not the same person, and which fits into the chronology of everything we've been learning until now, that Darius was one king, and then after that was Artaxastha, who was Artaxerxes. Now, um, I'm sorry, after Darius was Xerxes, and then Artaxerxes, Xerxes being Ahasuerus. Now, let's begin reading Nechemia. Now remember, Nechemia heard the news, the bad news from Israel, during the month of Kislev, during the 20th year of Artaxerxes' reign. We're about to read proof of that the calendar keeping that the Jews kept in, those, in the days of Nehemiah, in the early second temple, was the same way we keep our calendar today. Because as we keep our calendar today, the Jewish calendar works, when we count the months and state, which is the first month, second month, third month, we count from Nisan, Nisan being the first month, which is the month of the year in which Passover falls out. When we number the years, we number them based on Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah, the new year, is when we number the next year. So in the month of Kislev was when Nehemiah heard the news. He prayed and fasted for what was the month of Kislev, part of the month of Kislev, Tevet, Shivat, and Adar, the ending of that year. And then when Nisan rolled around, Vayih B'chodesh Nisan, this is verse 1, chapter 2, was in the month of Nisan, Shnas Esrim in the twentieth year. So when Nisan started, this is still part of the twentieth year because the years could have counted from Tishrei. The Atakshasta Hamelach, in the twentieth year of the reign of Artaxerxes the king, Yain Lefanov there was wine before him. This should be conjuring up some images of Shasta's father when his Tovlev HaMelech Bayoyin, remember the Megillat Esther from the book of Esther. And I raised the wine, with Nola I gave him to drink. And I was not, literally, Lara means bad, I meaning I didn't have any, a sad countenance, I didn't look sad in front of the king. Now the way, that, even though it, it seems to be said in present tense, the real meaning of this phrase here is is that usually when I brought wine to the king, I was in a happy mood. You don't want to come to the king's party and ruin the mood of the party. The king would not be very happy with you if you did that. And said it, it was understood that it was part of his job to be happy, to come to the king with a smile on his face, in a good mood, and give the king wine to drink. But all of a sudden, now, the king noticed that something wasn't right with Nehemiah this time. And remember, Nehemiah is coming in with a plan. And he is very upset. He was just fasting and praying for several months because of the bad news he heard from Jerusalem. The king said to me, Why do you have such a sad face? Why do you look so forlorn? You're not ill. You know, it doesn't look like maybe you're physically sick, but you don't look sick, you just look sad. There must be something going on in your heart. Something's bothering you. Now, by kings, especially the Persian kings, but most kings, when something's up that they don't sense, they automatically think somebody's trying to rebel, somebody has a plan. So therefore Nehemia when he heard those words from the king Says and I was there very afraid I was trembling with fear Remember how Nehemia prayed to God To be uh, to be seen by the king in favor But now the king is now acting a little suspicious What's wrong? What's wrong? Is there something up? The king wants to know And I said to the king May the king live forever how could it be that my face could not be sad? The city, the city among where my forefathers are buried, my ancestors are from, is destroyed. The gates of my city have been destroyed in flame. Does this remind you of Esther at the king's party when the king had wine and Esther said, My nation is suffering note that nehemiah and esther both did not say the name of their nation when he said this nehemiah is just saying i as a friend of the king right i i as the special uh you know a high officer of the king my city the city where my ancestors lie is in in destruction and ruins. He did not mention the name of the city because remember, this king had, we don't know exactly how long, but several years prior, had written a decree about Jerusalem because Jerusalem was this capital that always rebelled. (inaudible) What is it then that you are asking from me? What do you want me to do about it, right? Right? So, your city is. Okay, so you're sad, but, but clearly you want to ask me something. What is it that you want to ask me about it? Immediately I prayed, and clearly this prayer is in his heart. He's not standing in front of the king and, and praying to God, but this means I prayed in my heart to God immediately that I should have the wisdom to say the right thing. This is my moment. Here's my moment words again very reminiscent of the gilat esther where esther used those exact same words if it is good for the king and if this servant your your servant is good in front of you in other words you look at me and you think yes i am a good servant i've been a faithful servant for all this time i want you to send me to judea to the city where my forefathers are buried by Avnena. He did not, ma- and I will rebuild it. Let me be in charge of the rebuilding effort. Nechemia in a very fascinating way understood that he needed to take control of the rebuilding effort. He couldn't just ask for a decree and then have this decree be rescinded and then another decree be rescinded and so on and so forth. Nehemiah felt that if he could be the man on the ground leading this effort, that he could pull it off. He just needs support from the king. But what's clear here is he says, send me to Judea. Judea, which is a province. But he doesn't say which city is going to be rebuilt. He doesn't say to the city, Jerusalem, because that might tip the king off. Jerusalem, blah, I don't, jerusalem that's that rebellious place. But no, he said to the ear, And the king said to me. And here we have a word that's used that is actually a very um, coarse word it be hashegal and the shegal yoshavasso she was sitting next to him the shegal that term is a term that means it it it's it's um it means sex and it's a it's a it's a very coarse word and and in fact when we read the tochacha when we read parts of the torah when the torah uses that term we actually change what we read in order to read something more respectful the pasok here deliberately uses the term in order to paint a picture of what kind of a person this king was, and so that you understand that his concubine, who is there simply for his sexual gratification, was sitting next to him at this party. So you can only try to draw that picture in your mind, and why the Torah, the Torah doesn't use the hamalka, the queen, or the, or the pilag Show, his concubine, but it, he uses his His sex accompaniment Was sitting next to him at the time So just to paint that picture Nehemiah wants to paint a picture of Just how base Of a human being this person was Now He's drunk He has his consort next to him And what does he say He says Until when are you going to be there How long are you going to be there for When are you coming back it was okay in front of the king the king thought well of his plan I gave him a timeline I gave him a schedule I said I'm going to go I'm going to come and then the king was okay with the plan but this is not enough Nehemia knows that in the Persian Empire if you don't have a letter right? and for those that recall the book of Esther it's the same thing if you don't have a letter supporting you then you might as well not have anything it has to be written down if it's not written down it's useless so I said to the king again the same language the king should give me letters of introduction letters of support letters that will be addressed to the officers of all the various provinces in the land across the Euphrates River which is the land that includes of course the province of Judea the province of Samaria which is the big enemy to Judea now All those guys that are making trouble that earlier petitioned petitioned the king to stop the Jews from building, I need letters of introduction to them, so that they should allow me to pass, to come on my mission. Until I get to Judea, and there I'll be among the Judeans and I can begin my mission. And then even more important, this is verse 8, I definitely need a special letter to Asaf, who is in charge of the pardes, asher Um The pardes uh, is like a garden or a, um, uh, sometimes I've seen it translated as a park that the king owns. In other words, it's a, it's an area of land in Judea that in which the king's, uh, which is the king's park, the king's uh, garden. And, um, it is a place where, and Asaf is in charge of it, and I need supplies from him. Asher Yitin li him that he can give me wood li Karos for beams, Ashari Habira in order to place beams on uh, into the gates of the capital. The gates are the, the big doorways that would close and you know and 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 protect the city and open to allow people in and out. Asher um, um, uh, Labayas. And, and and for uh, the, those gates that lead to the house, he didn't specify that this house was the Beit Hamikdash, the temple. But he says that are needed for the house, uluchomatair, and for the walls of the city, Villa and the special house, the temple, that I will come to, and the king gave me kiad Toba alai. And here Nehemi recognizes that what the king gives me is because just like the hand, the generous hand of God that's being generous to me. So in other words, Nehemi recognizes, of course, that what the king is doing is being done by the grace of God himself. Now, let me remind you, remember, if you recall, back Ezra in chapter 7, when he got permission from our Tachshasta to go, he gave the king a whole speech about how great the Lord of heaven is how great the God of, God of Israel is and how he's going to, by building a temple to the God, how great it's going to be for the king. And then Ezra gathered all the people together, got his permission from the king, but he never asked the king for a military escort. He never asked the king for soldiers. Ezra then had to pray. Remember, Ezra said, I was embarrassed, Right. Ezra said, I was embarrassed. After telling the king how great and strong God is, I couldn't go to the king and say, now I need soldiers. What do you need soldiers for? The greatest, strongest God in the world is going to lead you. So Ezra had to pray that God protected his caravan as he brought them to Israel. Nehemiah, on the other hand, tried a completely different tack. Nehemiah understood that he was up against enemies. And if he comes with an armed Escort of soldiers. Number one, he can be protected against those enemies, and number two, with such a show of force, he can show them that the king is really behind them. Nehemiah, when he beseeched the king, he didn't give him a whole speech about how great God is. He went for, he took a personal route, just like Esther did, and he said personally, "I am a faithful servant of yours. I have always been a faithful servant of yours. All I'm asking." is to honor my family, my ancestors, and the city in which they lie. Please let me go and rebuild it." So when uh, uh, um, when he came, as Khamya said, when he traveled, and he came to the Pachavot evaranar, to the leaders of all the provinces across the river, I was able to show them the letters of support that I had from the king. And the king did send with me officers of the army and chariots and um, riders protecting me so I had, I had a full entourage a military entourage from the Persian king himself leading me into the farther out provinces of Persia as I went on my trip to Judea this uh, I'm going to end here, this is Nehemiah 2A the first part of chapter 2 we will continue chapter 2B next Thank you so much for studying the chapter 2 uh, together with me. Looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter together.